Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to get in our favorite cult classic movies. Now, again, the definition of cult classic is very loose. It can mean something that just um, didn't do well at the box office and then kind of became uh, a minor hit through either cable television or just word of mouth or video rentals, something like that. It could also be that the movie was very successful in the box office and through the test of time just be, gained this enormous following, you know, whether it be like Star Wars or something like that. It just kind of takes a life on its own. Uh, but whatever it may be, we're going to get into our cult classics and I'm going to come up with a top 10 list, though I have many more than 10, but I'll limit it to 10 in this week's episode. All right, number 10 from my favorite cult classic movies is The Monster Squad from 1987. So as a kid, this movie is right up my alley since the main characters were about my age and they were doing battle with my favorite classic horror monsters like Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, the Mummy, and the Gill Man, better known as the Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's interesting to watch movies that you loved as a kid when you're an adult. Of course, certain movies just don't hold up as well later in life, and you wonder what you ever saw in that movie. Well, The Monster Squad isn't one of those flicks for me, as I still enjoy this film now as much as I did with as a kid. Sure, it's campy at time, and that some and some of the dialogue is sort of on PC, which especially for a kid movie, but that doesn't bother me at all because that's the charm. Plus, who can forget the classic line, "Wolfman has nards." Okay, number nine is Batman from 1966. So as a kid, there were two classic TV shows that I constantly scoured the TV listings for reruns for. Remember, this is very pre-cable. There was basically like six stations, kids. I know, it's what a nightmare. One of those shows was the 1950s uh, Superman program starring George Reeves, and the other was the classic Batman program from 1966. For years, Batman fans waited in agony while Fox and Warner Brothers clashed for the ownership rights over the show. Finally, in 2014, the entire series was released on DVD, and of course, I spent my entire Christmas vacation watching all 126 episodes. However, for the movie, uh, this version was the only version available for many years on DVD. It's campy fun and pretty much the same as the TV program. Adam West and Burt Ward play Batman and Robin. Lee, Mer- Lee Merriweather replaces Julie Newmar as Catwoman. Cesar Romero plays the Joker. Burgess Meredith plays the Penguin. And Frank Gorshin plays the Riddler. I suppose the best part of the movie is that you get all of the villains together, which never really happened on a single TV episode. Also, the fact that Batman happened to have shark repellent for bat spray handy to ward off shark attacks is simply amazing. All right, number eight for my favorite cult movies is Teen Wolf from 1985. So Teen Wolf was actually filmed before Back to the Future, but was held back since Back to the Future was supposed to be the movie that really broke Michael J. Fox. It was the right move, but soon after the success of Back to the Future, the studios wanted to keep the momentum going and finally released Teen Wolf. Now, I really like this movie as a kid for a few reasons. One, Michael J. Fox was my favorite actor, and I love monster movies, and I love basketball. My dad made a point of ruining the illusion by saying how horrible Michael J. Fox was at basketball and how the kids on the team never went to their left when dribbling or shooting. 
Thanks again, Dad. Anyway, Michael J. Fox kind of disavows this movie, but I still find it can't be fun. And they even made a more modern-day TV show on MTV about Teen Wolf. So, to me, it stands the test of time. But really, some of the funniest lines came from the basketball coach, Coach Finstock. Here you go. Hey, Scotty. Come on in. Great game out there today. You want a thigh or a wing or something? No, it's not necessary, Coach. Listen, you know, you know how you always said that if any of us guys have any problems, I mean, even personal ones, that we should come and see you? Hey, that's what I'm here for. Great, because uh, I got a problem. Oh, yeah? What kind of problem? As you can see, I'm a very busy man here. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of complicated. Oh, oh, those kind of problems, yeah. What is it, drugs? Girls? Boy, I'd sure like to help you, but I'm really tapped out this month. The IRS is breathing down my neck like it's some kind of personal vendetta against Bobby Finstock. No, Coach, how can I put this? I'm going through changes. Oh, that. Don't worry about that. We all go through that. Some a little bit later than others. I'm sorry I didn't notice, but I haven't been hanging around the locker room all that much. No. You see... Coach, I, I just don't think it's going to be possible for me to play on the team anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, look, uh, Scotty, I know what you're going through. A couple years back, a kid came to me much the same way you're coming to me now, saying to me pretty much the same thing that you're saying. He wanted to drop off the team. His mother was uh, a widow, all crippled up. She was scrubbing floors. She had, uh, had this pin in her hip. So he wanted to drop basketball and get a job. Now, these were poor people. These were, these were hungry people with real problems. You understand what I'm saying? What happened to the kid? I don't know. He quit. He's a third stringer. I didn't need him. Yeah, Coach, I'm a first stringer. Yeah, and, and you already got a job working for your old man. Fact of the matter is, I should be coming to you when I need money. Fine. Uh, thanks a lot, Coach. Hey, don't mention it. Like I said before, me casa su casa. championship if none of us get to play it doesn't matter how you play the game it's whether you win or lose and even that doesn't make all that much difference i get it coach what's that problem let me give you a little advice there's three rules that i live by never get less than 12 hours sleep never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city and never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body now you stick with that everything else is cream cheese great game there scotty Thanks, Coach. All right, number seven is Heathers from 1989. Heathers is the epitome of a dark comedy. And I always found that Heathers uh, was kind of an anomaly for a movie of the 80s, as it seems like it was maybe better suited for the 90s. Now, it was getting close to the 1990s, and I think this if this movie had come out in 1993, you know, during like the grunge music era and things like that, I think this movie would have really taken off at the, at the box office. But as, a, as of now, it's sort of a cult classic. Uh, the cast is fabulous with Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, and Shannon Doherty. It's interesting looking back now, but everyone sort of thought that Christian Slater was going to be the next Jack Nicholson. He sort of looked like Jack and definitely sounded like him. And while his career did pretty well in the late 80s and early 90s, I think it was mostly disappointed that people were mostly disappointed that he didn't become 
bigger, but I digress. Back to the movie. Uh, Heathers didn't do great at the box office at the time of its release, but again, it's definitely a cult classic now. I guess teen movie fans just weren't ready for the type of revenge type of story with comedy about getting back at the popular kids. Anyway, if you miss Heathers the first time around and have a soft spot for dark comedies, this is the film for you. I got you into a Remington party. What's my thanks? It's on the hallway carpet. I got paid in puke. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. All right, number six is Rad from 1986. Rad is probably my favorite movie from the from my childhood that not many people have heard of, therefore it's kind of a cult classic. So again, I remember, because I think I talked about this in my favorite underdog movies, but I remember my mom renting this on VHS in the late 1980s saying I'd probably like it. And guess what? She was right. Uh, like most kids at the time, we rode our bikes everywhere. And if you were lucky enough, you had a BMX bike. I, of course, did not, but I still I still enjoyed my, quote, sporty schwin. Anyway, Rad was supposed to cash in on the BMX craze of the mid-1980s. Uh, if you don't know the plot, um, Crew Jones, played by Bill Allen, is trying to uh, get into this BMX bike race called Hell Track. But, of course, his mom, played by Talia Shire, doesn't want him uh, to mess with bike racing. Instead, wants him to take his SATs so that he can go to college. Well, that's just ridiculous, and that would make an incredibly boring 80s movie. So his mom eventually acquiesces, and he goes out for the bike race of the century. Anyway, if you can find this anywhere, it might be on YouTube. It was never officially released on DVD. Uh, there are bootlegs floating around, so if you do get a chance to watch it, it is campy 80s fun. All right, number five from my favorite cult classic movies is Office Space from 1999. You know, what's interesting is I, everyone I've talked to, especially that works in the tech industry, has seen this movie, um, but it didn't do well at the box office. To me, that's the epitome of a cult classic. This through word of mouth really became one of the most quotable movies ever. I mean, just the line that, um, God, I forget his name, Peter, he says, I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. I mean, that's, I mean, we will quote that every now and then. As someone who works in the tech industry and spent most of his work life in a cubicle, there really isn't a funnier work movie than Office Space. I first saw this movie when I was in college, and while I found it funny, I didn't fully appreciate the brilliance of the movie and Mike Judge until, until I started work, working full-time for an internet company. There's so many classic things that every person that works in tech can relate to. One, TPS reports or something along those lines. Um, somebody like The Bobs or some sort of consulting firm that is looking to restructure the company. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over them. Or somebody like Bill Lumberg. Um, yeah. Anyway, any movie with a character named Michael Bolton, that no-talent ass clown, is a winner in my book. Why should I change? He's the one that sucks. I'd say in a given week... I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. All right, number four from my favorite cult classic movies is Harold and Maude from 1971. Harold and Maude is the epitome of a cult classic and dark comedy, a lot like Heather's. Movies often try to imitate the dark humor tone of this film, but almost always come up short, making Harold and Maude a definite classic. Ruth Gordon absolutely owns the role of Maude, and I really can't imagine another person being better in the role. 
Bud Court does an admirable job, and if you ever see him, he's forever known as Harold. In addition, the soundtrack is almost as popular as the film, with Cat Stevens performing all of the music. If you haven't seen Harold and Maude and looking for something quirky and wonderful, be sure to check it out. Number three is Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein from 1948. Now, this was really the movie that got me into the classic monsters, because it was tame enough and funny enough to kind of ease me into horror, but was also scary in a way. So, not as scary as the originals, um, but still really good and could keep a kid that was probably seven or eight years old, you know, interested and into monster movies. And, you know, most Abbott and Costello movies are pretty forgettable. They kind of made them very quickly. Um, but this one stands the test of time and it just kind of has a following of its own and really holds up with the regular classic monster movies. And so, again, I would make my mom rent this over and over again. Um, the really cool thing I thought was seeing Lon Chaney Jr. transform into the Wolfman. And then you also get Bela Lugosi returning for a second and final appearance as Dracula. The other great thing about this Abbott and Costello movie is it isn't bogged down by a musical number and the goddamn Andrew sisters. Hey, I'm sure the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy was the Billy Jean of its era, but for me, it's an excuse to grab the remote and push fast forward before I start yelling at the screen for killing the flow of the movie. Number two is This is Spinal Tap from 1984. I'm pretty sure I picked this for the most quotable movies, and it really is. Um, but anybody that's into hard rock and heavy metal, I mean, this is your holy grail. Making this kind of a cult film, because if you're not into hard rock and heavy metal, a lot of times people kind of don't really get how funny it is because let's face it hard rock and heavy metal as much as i love it is sometimes like self-parody and a lot of bands saw this that were in the genre and weren't laughing because it was basically a knock on them but looking back on it it is absolutely hilarious and even those bands can turn around and laugh you know i think every major band has probably had a quote spinal tap moment and again it's one of the best satirical movies ever made Let's talk about your reviews uh, a little bit regarding intravenous de Milo. This tasteless cover is a good indication of the lack of musical invention within. The musical growth rate of this band cannot even be charted. They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. Well, that's, that's nitpicking, isn't it? The gospel according to Spinal Tap. This pretentious, ponderous collection of religious rock psalms hmm. is enough to prompt the question, what day did the Lord create Spinal Tap, and couldn't he have rested on that day, too? Never heard that one. No, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, the review you had on Shark Sandwich, which was merely a two-word review, just said, shit sandwich. Um, <laughs> Where'd they print that? Where'd they print that? That's not real, is it? You can't print that. All right. Number one for my favorite cult classic movie is Roadhouse from 1989. This is one where... It's so bad, it's good. Anytime it's on, I will watch it. I have it on DVD. Hell, I even have it on Blu-ray. Not that I really need the high definition for some of these scenes, but whatever. I own it. it it's just one of those movies that I can't help but watch because it's so damn entertaining. One, it should have been one of my guilty pleasure movies. I don't know why it wasn't. Anyway, uh, I enjoy Patrick Swayze movies. I, you know, I love fight scenes, and so it's a perfectly awesome movie for me. Um, you also get Kelly Lynch. Uh, ben Gazarp is perfectly despicable as the villain. And you get Sam Elliott. All right, here we go. So let's get everyone else's picks for favorite cult classic movies. And if you have any that we missed, well, maybe it's possible that I have some at the end that I just left out. So I'll let you know at the end of the show. Okay, so this week with Lindley and Stephanie, we're going to do our favorite cult classic movies, which... 
is not easily defined, so our picks might be a little out there, but that's okay. Yes. But you, when we especially looked at uh, the definition. To, right, because I think of cult classics as what I had to watch mm -hmm. with friends in college. Where right. I would rent Freaks or, um, well, I have it on here, but Grey Gardens. I mean, I, I love that, that movie. Grey Gardens? No. Oh, we gotta gosh. watch that movie. Really? That's okay, amazing. yeah. Um, Gardens. I mean, wow. I think of cult classics, yeah, as like the John Waters movies Definitely. with Divine. Like the old John Waters before John Waters crossed over before to Mainstream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, those John Waters movies before that I just, I never really enjoyed those movies No, but much. you had to, you had you, to see I had, we, uh, someone always want, you know, rented the <laughs> movie from Blockbuster. Did you actually watch Pink Flamingos? I've watched okay. it. I'm sure I've been in rooms where it's been playing and mm -hmm. I've never, yeah. I, I know it. All and about I love it, I've never John, seen it. <laughs> I love John Waters, but yeah. I don't, yeah, not a big fan of those. Well, you'll, you'll hear Maywin's first Orange experience yeah, with uh, Pink Flamingos. It's an amazing story. <laughs> 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 no, no, it's even better, so, but I'm not going to give anything away. So. Well, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so okay. that was what I had to look up in them. Okay. So when I was looking at movies that are considered cult classics, mm -hmm. I was a little yeah surprised that some of the things that were on there. But um, yeah, do you want me to go? Yeah, name one, now? and then we'll, we'll yeah. One, I would say the one that I watch over and over and over again anytime it's on TV is Office Space. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I remember it. I oh, saw it in a theater, yeah, and I Space. loved Office Space. Yeah. I love Mike Judge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could watch anything oh, he makes. Yeah. I could watch anything he does. I love so I think Mike us Judge. being in the tech industry, we everyone's well, seen it. Well, that is true. Yeah. yeah, but you think a lot of people haven't seen it. I just yeah. remember it was a huge tank, and then it did get really popular yes. after it. But it still holds true today. It is so... Whenever it was made, and he's basing it back on the late 80s that he worked for yeah. a software company, and it is just like completely oh, yeah. relevant to today. So, so definitely in my top ten. Really, really good. Whether it be the Bobs, because you have some consulting firm. Yeah, yeah it's the same the thing. And the yeah. TPS, TPS report, report. Like, meaningless crap yeah. that you have to put together. Yeah, yeah. just... And that red stapler, the red like yeah. how everybody Person. just covets something really strange yes. in the office place, and they get really mad. And, right. You know, I, I think about we have a coworker who shall remain nameless who has this old chair. You know, and like if you touch his chair, it's like World War Three. <laughs> yes, yes That's I got really it. Funny. But then, like, even having Lumberg, like, oh, so so great. have a boss yeah, like Lumberg. Lumberg. Is great. That Thank actor God, did such a great job. Oh, he's perfect. I love it. Yeah. yeah, really good. So, yeah, I think all Mike Judge's work are kind of very underrated cult classics. Idiocracy. Idiocracy, especially. And that movie that I think nobody has ever seen. Um, oh, God, what is it called? It's with Jason Bateman oh, um, and Kristen Wiig. Yes. Um, it's like they make vanilla extract. Yeah, so I it think called? it's called extract. extract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make vanilla extract. It's so ridiculous. You said Mila Kunis is in it. Mila Kunis is in it too. That part's like her. That was a weird writer, but I loved it. Yeah. I love the scene where he has to get home before his wife's sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> it's, like they, it's like in slow motion and yeah. she's like tying up even tighter. Oh my gosh. Once she gets her sweatpants on. It seems like his biggest, biggest success is always in TV because obviously Beavis and Butthead was big. Yeah, those and King are of big. the Hill. And then Silicon Valley. Yeah. I yeah. watched the first episode of season four and I'm just not, bored to uh, tears because I just feel like I live it's not interesting yeah. <laughs> and I'm not interested in billionaires and their private yeah. jets and funny jokes that take place and they're like it's just like no I no. don't care yeah. Uber jokes it's like we live in I don't, <laughs> I don't care yeah anyway okay so. <laughs>
Yeah, so again, this cult classic thing, I'm, I'm not going to be as articulate as I want to be because I'm not really sure what a cult classic is. But okay. like for me, <laughs> the Breakin. Oh, Breakin definitely. 2, Electric Boogaloo. Those that are is a cult classic. I love yes. those two movies. Absolutely. But I love them, like not because I chose to love them, mm -hmm. but we I, I think I've told this story before, but we yeah. had a video store and it had a very small selection. Yeah. And so sometimes you just run out of things to watch. You just rent it again. That's right. So we watched it over and over and over again. Uh -huh. And it was really weird. Over the years, you just run into people who had that same experience mm -hmm. where that was the VHS tape totally. in their video store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom recorded, dubbed it from, <laughs> what I, she recorded Breaking 2. I don't know why she yeah. didn't record the other one. But Turbo and Ozone were my, oh. my life for oh, a couple man. years. So. I love it's so bad. I think Cold Classics are also the so bad they're good movies yeah. and Breaking and yeah. falls into that. They had a yeah. lot of those on the list. Yeah. Of like, it's yeah. So well, bad. all the Ed Wood movies, it. like yeah. the original Ed Wood movies. So that's movies. what I think yeah. is a cult classic. Totally. Ed yeah. Wood movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Anything that's on Mystery Science Theater, theater yeah, 3000. Yeah. Ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blob's great. So, <laughs> all right, next. So other ones that I name, of course, I'll put The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Oh, The Dude. Yeah. Yeah, Harold and Maude. And Definitely Harold classics. And Mott. Oh, yeah. I already said Grey Gardens. Mm -hmm. um, Harold, let's talk about Harold and Mott. Like, I, yeah, Harold and Mott is just amazing. Mott. My daughter's middle name is Maude, though it's also my mom's name, but I still also loved it for that character yeah. in Harold and Maude. I'm surprised um, more people haven't seen it. Like, it's How just, is that possible? I yeah. feel like it's in the repertoire of every like 14-year-old girl that wears black. I haven't seen it. It was in my, in my <laughs> yeah, for me and my friends. Like maybe the all had to watch just, Harold and Maude. Yeah, and I just, I always heard about it's this. It's filmed super in the fun. Bay Area. Yeah. So it also was filmed completely in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, but it almost has a British feel to it for some reason. I don't know, maybe because of the humor. But Probably. It's, it's extremely dark. It's a dark yeah. comedy. It's like a very dark comedy, but but also uplifting. It like is. Sweet. Ruth Gordon right? is amazing. Two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ruth Gordon's amazing, and Bud Court. Bud who then is in Arrested Development as Bud's Court. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really Bud Court, yeah. which oh. just cracks me up. And it doesn't look anything like the movie the soundtrack if you, oh the if you soundtrack is Stevens, amazing yeah. yeah you should your girls are I think like especially Grace would right. do we'll watch Harold it. and Maude yeah I'll put I this mean, on my prepared. list it yeah is. it's definitely dark <laughs> it's dark but yeah, in a fun it's way okay. it's fun yeah Yeah, that sounds good it's kind of like um, Heather's yeah Heather's oh, is yeah. definitely dark yeah. and but it's more modern dark yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Grace loves Heather's and she yeah. loves Heather's the musical okay so yeah, yeah. And she wants to change her name to Veronica <laughs> as a result. So. What? <laughs> no, it's She's great. She can't change her name. No. She wants yeah. to be Veronica now. <laughs> Kills me. Okay, you have more. To I have a lot more. but um, We'll do two I more say, and then we'll get a step. Okay. Okay, I'll do another one that was another thing that I rented in college, mm -hmm. forced to rent in college, but I actually really liked it, was The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. Have you seen this? No. It's a Dr. Shut Seuss up. movie. <laughs> really? Dr. Seuss movie. It's a children's movie. Okay. But it's really funny, really awesome, very mm -hmm. surreal. It's like a kid having a, a, a bad dream about his piano teacher. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really, really good. Dr. 1953. Wow. 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 Oh, it's really good, though. It holds up. It's very, very good. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, it's good. That's you should good. Would yeah, definitely I enjoy it. And it's a Dr. Seuss it was Dr. Seuss's actual screenplay. Oh, yeah. okay. So it wasn't a book before that. It was just no, he wrote I the think screenplay. she wrote the screenplay. That's cool. I don't think he did anything else but write the screenplay. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm done. 
So again, for me, I, I, this is questionable. It's, it's not on any list I saw, but I think of it as a cult classic. It's Real Genius. Oh, I agree with that. So, no, I think I saw it on a Wikipedia, yeah. like a, oh, a cool. dump of it. Yeah. I loved Real Genius. I oh, memorized cool. like so many lines in that, that movie when I was a kid. And again, that was a VHS tape that you totally. could rent over and over and over again. And it's underrated because if yeah. you're into tech, yeah. Like, that was the precursor for a lot of yeah. what became tech now. Yeah. I think that's a great 80s movie. And, and Val Kilmer, I think that's his best role. Oh, he was perfect yeah. in that movie. That yeah. was at his height. And then he kind of went down they the won, that, right? Then he did Top Gun. That no, was his height. I thought Top Gun was before. Real Genius was 85. Top Gun was 86. Oh, and before that, he was in Top Secret. Or a movie encyclopedia. I mean, that's just the 80s. So I saw Real Genius way after it came out. I thought I oh, definitely yeah. yeah. saw it. I don't think it did super well in the box office. Yeah. yeah. There were so many good tech movies in the 80s, like War, War Games, War Games and then yeah. Real Genius and movies like that that I think really helped get into the tech culture. Short Circuit. Yeah. Short Circuit. I love yeah. Short Circuit. Short Circuit. That's kind of a cool classic, too. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I love it. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? I love that movie. That non- Come on, now! Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? Yeah, uh, oh, very cool. not from the culture point. But no, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, if you want to get into having, um, God, what's his Isn't name? Isn't it Fisher Stevens? Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fisher Stevens. Yeah. I always thought he was Indian. Like I, no. <laughs> I did. Well, I, no, I, I was eight years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like how do I know? Uh, but no, it's a uh, real genius. Really, yeah. If you haven't seen that. That movie, my brother and I, we go back and forth sometimes just for fun, and people have no idea what we're talking about, yeah. and it's a good test because you, you know, people are reliable if they love that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I trust them instantly if you understand some of yeah. our quoting. We do this thing in public where I'll go, "How's it feel to be frozen?" Yeah. And Brian will go, "Ice is nice." <laughs> <laughs> nice little buddy. We'll go do, do, we can do that entire you know dialogue. It's, yeah, uh, it's actually. Well, it's a great awesome. ending with the with all the popcorn, <laughs> and uh, and I forgot to put as an '80s movie song that everyone wants, wants to rule, to rule the, the world. world. Yeah, the popcorn oh, yeah. scene. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's okay, Winley. Okay, other ones I have. Well, I, again, I wouldn't have considered these cold classics, but Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Pee Wee well, in general is kind of list. A, yeah, Pee Wee is kind of cultish. Yeah, um, and I just love. We I can watch those over and over again. Beetlejuice was on there. Yeah, <gasps> Beetlejuice, um, but also dun, 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 Clueless dun, dun, dun. and Princess Bride, which I mean, yeah, I love those. So I think those fall into the rabid following. Even rabid though following, were, yeah, yeah, like exactly. they still so everyone not, still loves Princess Bride. I don't consider them cult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even quoted. Yeah. So maybe yeah. cult is it didn't make a lot of money at oh, the box office. That's then, one of yeah. the definitions. But it gathers so much. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Ah. So there's the that there's the rabbit following Big Lebowski like yes. they do conventions yeah. like Star yes. Wars technically is like the most rabbit followed. Movie. John, yeah. Waters John Waters has yeah. a summer camp for adults happening this summer. That's no, already that's sold hilarious. out. But it's like oh what would that involve? Like he's gonna be there, but you also like watch his movies and you do summer camp. So it's kind of like hillbilly. I guess they have summer camp for adults all over the place. This is a John Waters themed summer camp for adults. They capture the flag or something like that. (laughs) baby. (laughs) That's that wet, hot American summer. That's it. I thought I'd like that more than I did. Me too, because I love the cast and I thought it'd be hilarious. I didn't like it that much. I thought it was kind of a yawner. Yeah. Yeah, it was a yawn. Um. Okay, so two other uh-huh. movies I have, which I love, is Albert Brooks movies, which oh, is definitely. Defending Your Life and Mother. I Absolutely. love Mother. Have you watched Mother? No, in Debbie Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds, right? Debbie yeah. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. She is, the, it is the best, 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 best. Yeah, I need uh, to see that. Best, yeah. Yeah. 
it, she's so good in it. Just the insult, like the like low grade insults that she throws at him constantly, the critique, and you know he's unemployed and comes back to live with his mother. Yeah. And it's Debbie Reynolds, and it's just yeah. It's her, maybe he's a writer. I don't know what he's. I think he is. Yet. Her later career was really good because she she also played Kevin Klein's mom in In and Out. She was great. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. in that awesome too. Awesome in that. Yeah. That you, have you watched on HBO the the Carrie Fisher and Reynolds? Yeah, oh, I see that. so good! Is it it good? was filmed right before they passed. Oh, so that's like, what oh, that pissed me off about the Oscars. Amazing. They breezed right by her. They breezed right by Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. They like they, spend a lot of time on Carrie Fisher, and they barely spend. No, they put a little bit more time on Carrie Fisher, yeah. and then they were giving like people I never heard of. Like they got like. 20 seconds oh, like, weird. It was like yeah. weird. That's very Debbie weird. Reynolds was super super famous she was before yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah that's yeah. Mm, that's good stuff Next yeah, I can't one. think of any more I mean Crybaby is the only other one mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've yeah. said we've already talked about that mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know classics for me it's hard I'm such a mainstream kid I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you are a mainstream kid. There was something you would name some of the movies. What was Grey your list? Gardens. Okay, so you have to see Grey Gardens. They also remade it as an HBO. So it's a documentary about two um, a mother and daughter, Big Edie and Little Edie, mm-hmm. living in this dilapidated mansion in the Hamptons. Like they're from old money, mm-hmm. and so they just are, um, you know, gorephobics. I mean, they just live in this yeah. house all the time, and it's completely disgusting and dilapidated. And yeah. this, it was from the '70s. Someone filmed them '60s or '70s, and it's this amazing documentary of these two women. And then they remade it with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange or someone mm. like that starred as the mother, like oh. Drew Barrymore. So they remade it into a film based on this documentary that was made. Oh, okay. So they re- I'm talking about the original Grey Gardens yeah. of the documentary, which is really good. It holds up. Tim Burton movies. I think oh, like yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, Edward Scissorhands, that is on that list. And Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas has Nightmare like a Before rabid following. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. I yeah. love Nightmare Before oh, Christmas yeah. now, but I did not like it. When it first you know what I'm fascinated out, yeah. about Nightmare Before Christmas is is how much Disneyland yeah. has been overtaken by yes, it. Yes. And Halloween yeah. would not be Halloween at Disneyland now without it. Yeah. It's you know, but also so they critical. keep it up through Christmas. They mm-hmm. keep it up. It's also part of the re- yeah. remake at the Christmas. Yeah. Of the Haunted Mansion at Christmas right. time. Right. It's just as important for my kids to see Bone Daddy as it is to see Winnie the Pooh yeah. or any of the other characters. <laughs> I know. Bone Daddy. It's really, really cool. You mean Jack Skellington? But, uh, well, Jack Skellington. Hey, Bone Daddy. <laughs> What's oh, going okay. on? Yeah, we got him yeah, burned yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> lit, yeah. Chick-lit. Chick-lit. Say that three times fast. And then, uh, again, I want to talk about Defending Your Life, because I think that's one of the most underrated movies that a lot of people we haven't seen. We just watched seen. it. Yeah. Again, see Defending Your Life. Okay. You should watch it. I have this list of like 50 movies to see. <laughs> but it's one of Meryl Streep's in it, so you know it's going to be good. But Albert, Albert Brooks, Brooks is super Streep. underrated. He's yeah. so great. Yeah. I don't think he's under. I think he's a great amongst... Like he's, he's almost like, like a, a comedian's cult. comedian he type is, of person yeah. where comedians all love him yes. and worship him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't... I don't think he does everything right. He no. just does things he loves. Kind of like Gary Shandling. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and everyone loves Gary Shandling. But I think the premise of Defending Your Life is really great. <coughs> like, it's just... It's so really great. Yeah. It's and great. I love Rip Torn as the... I think he's, he's the lawyer. amazing. Yeah, yeah he yeah. doesn't do anything in it. Yeah, Meryl Streep has had this amazing life. And yeah. They, they just show awful scenes from oh, his life. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely check it out. We will. do. All right, guys. Thank you for doing the cult Thank classics. You. Thank you. All right, Malin's back. And, and this is the subject that he specifically requested... <laughs> Um, we we had it on the list. I didn't know when we were going to do it, but people that are loyal to the show, they do have some creative control that I, I allow. And Ooh, control. Since, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I do mail them like that. But this week, we're going to talk about our favorite cult classics. And so, again, 
this is kind of, you know, cult classics is kind of a loose term because it seems like everything now is a cult classic, but we right. want true cult classics and, and Malin is going to give us a couple good ones. Yeah, these are, these are cult classics for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have a deep love for, uh, cult films, whatever that means. Uh, and I guess the reason I say that is because a lot of times the movies that I love the most end up turning into cult films. Sure. Um, because, uh, you know, it's important to remember, films don't usually start as cult films, and films that are made to beat cult films don't necessarily become them. John Waters um, once told a local filmmaker, and I think this is really relevant, is that when you make like a low-grade film mm -hmm. and you're thinking it's going to go on to become whatever, it really depends on the audience finding the film. It's, right. You can't rely on the film finding the audience, um, which I can imagine would be really frustrating for a filmmaker because you want to have that type of control to like produce something and have like directorial or uh, um, authorship over it and then take it to who you think is going to like it and have them yeah. accept it exactly. for what it is. Um, but I guess uh, for John Waters, a lot of his early movies, it was really about the audiences finding his films and loving them and make and then making them cult classics. Right. Kind of that like this podcast. Yeah. And that last <laughs> statement is a terrifying thought sure. <laughs> to imagine. <laughs> I'm going to get into more of this in a minute. Sure. But to imagine that the early films of John Waters, that he would have made those films anyway. Sure. But that they also found an audience. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, anyway, the anyway, there's an audience yeah. for everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. might not be widespread, but someone's gonna like it out there. So, right, yeah, right. That's right. that's a well, thing. Well, these are these are yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, so the other thing I was thinking about is thinking about uh, cult films mm -hmm. is that. Um, when they do find their audience, they usually inspire very extreme emotional attachments. Sure. And so the two films that I picked, mm -hmm. I've picked, um, and I'm thinking of them thematically, in terms of attraction and repulsion. Sure. So I have one that I think of as my attraction cult film, and one that is my repulsion cult film. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the attraction side, mm -hmm. uh, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure. That's and probably the ultimate cult movie. Exactly. Yeah. And for a lot of reasons, it's like the easiest one to go for, but the reason I'm picking this is because um, it, whether... I would like to admit it in, you know, polite society for the most part has had like a really, uh, deep early impact on me. Mm -hmm. Um, Dan Savage, uh, not Dan Savage. Yeah. 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 So you know, Dan Savage, yeah, the created those, yeah. yeah, the columnist, he'd created these, um, it, it gets better video. Memes, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. which was all about, you know, don't kill yourself as a, gay teen sure. because it gets better and you get all of these celebrities and they do their video and they're like, sure. don't do it, don't do it. It, it does get better. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, it was, you know, adolescence in the nineties in the middle of fucking nowhere, yeah. you know, basically, oh, now I have nothing to say nice about it. So I shouldn't mm -hmm. say anything, but you know, ignorant backwater bumpkin, you know, mm -hmm. nowhere. Um, not so, like where we are now. <laughs> no, not yeah. really. Not yeah. like where we are now. Yeah. No, I recently told someone that where I grew up, you either had uh, an escape plan or a prison sentence <laughs> to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And I had an escape plan. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And before I had my escape plan <clears throat> and before there were It Gets Better videos, mm -hmm. there was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's true. And I've heard this said by... Uh, filmmakers recently that Rocky Horror Picture Show was the original It Gets Better video for a lot of people, not just like um, 
uh, not just homosexuals, uh, but any type of kink or fantasy or whatever. Sure. There's like, you know, uh, whatever, you, whatever yeah. you got, uh-huh. there's there's somebody or something for you, and this film kind of is um, uh, the symbol of that. Sure. So, but the reason, even aside from all of that, the reason I picked this one was because I went to my I went to some pretty extreme measures to see this film as uh, a connection with that escape yeah. and that sense of it gets better and there is a community beyond the um, what was very kind of seemed very desperate situation mm-hmm. where I grew up. Um, and so I have a story, which is not so much focused on the movie, but about the lengths you went that to go to I went yeah. to, to see the film mm-hmm. and not just myself, but others. And I think this is kind of, what marks a cult film, the lengths that you would go to to yeah. satisfy those imme- um, extreme emotional reactions and connections that you have to right. film. And the legend of it, the yeah. word-of-mouth legend. Yeah. yeah. So I... Because um, this is all pre-internet, so you everything this was This is pre-videotape. Yeah. yeah this exactly. story is going to be pre-videotape. Yeah. yeah. So there was no way to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show for us yeah. outside of a really, really long drive. Right. As far as we knew, the closest that we could go to see it was Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And that meant a drive of a couple hundred miles right. and several hours. Now, we were 16 and 17, still in high school. Just got my license and I don't, misplaced priorities. I was like, <laughs> got to like figure out how to go and see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents did not allow us to see rated R films mm. when we were young. But I think, right, you can see rated R films when you're 17. Yeah, I think 17 is the age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that, you need so, an adult that yeah. to be with you. Yeah. So we came up with a plan. <laughs> and it's kind of a long, detailed plan. And I'll go over, like, the, the highlights of the plan. Okay. <laughs> but the highlights were this. How so, many people were going? Uh, we did it a couple of times in a couple of different ways. The first time where we were the most extreme about it, it was just four of us. Okay. Um... In high school, I was a student assistant in the office, mm-hmm. and we had to figure out how to get to Berkeley over the weekend without our parents knowing where we were going <laughs> and without getting docked at school. Right. So the convenient thing about being a student assistant in the office was that I had access to all the documentation. Nice. So we, we developed this huge plan. We were going to set up a field trip that was, from my parents' point of view, sponsored basically by the school. Mm-hmm. From the school's point of view, I don't remember the excuse that we came up. I think I was just in the office and we wrote notes. We used to, oh, this is horrible. We used to write notes to to get us out of school all the time because the attendance lady was batshit off her rocker. <laughs> you could get anything by her. Um, I think I kind of skipped about half of my senior year. I checked out. Um, so... Uh, we had access to the, the field trip authorization forms. Nice. And so we set that up on the parent side. So we set out this really formal kind of field trip and uh, authorization and itinerary and all of that. Um, in terms of how we were going to get there and what we were going to do when we were there, then we went to the school um, career center and we figured out, okay, well, we're going to go and visit a college. So we figured out, we were going to go and stay at a university, giving them the pretense that we were there investigating going to school, there, right? which was great because they put us up with students and all we had to do was figure out how to get there. Right. So 
we were like, okay, we're, we're going to go on the train. Yeah. And then students are going to pick us up. They're going to keep us there. We ended up going to investigate um, Dominican College. And okay. We stayed there for like a few days. And then on the weekend, I don't remember how we got from San Rafael to Berkeley, but we managed to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so we got there on like Saturday night mm-hmm. with nowhere to stay. We had no plans for what we were going to do. Once <laughs> it's great we about Berkeley. being young, you know? But we figured the movie starts at midnight. Yeah. We're going to be out, and we'll just, like, find somewhere to hang out for a couple of hours yeah. before the BART starts up, and that's then right. we'll BART to the train station and mm-hmm. go home. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much exactly how it happened. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we were we were kind of crazy. And so did that's the movie, what it took. Did that's the movie meet your expectations, like, when you were watching, or was it just, was it mind-blowing? Was it a letdown? What, you know, what was it? Well, so... So I had actually seen the film before. Oh, okay. I had seen it in the theater before this instance. But okay. it was that first experience um, that really drove us to the extreme measures to go back. Got because it. I think it had satisfied like uh, some deep need. I don't even know entirely how to describe what that need is now. Because yeah. it's, not like, it's not like that film satisfies any needs for me anymore. Right. And even looking back on... Watching it today, yeah. no, no, so beyond it, so past yeah. it. That's not to say that I'm so past it and the no. more extreme than the kinks that are in that film in any way. No, but, that's not. no, but it's like when, you, when you're a kid, there's certain things that just, I, whatever, for whatever reason it does it for you then, then you rewatch yeah. it and it's not necessarily the same, but you still have that fondness looking back Absolutely. At, at it. And I think, you know, that it, that it combined theater and film mm-hmm. and audience participation in a way that you know, was so revolutionary for me living in the country in like Central Valley, California. Mm-hmm. You know, everything about our understanding of um, cinema, all those boundaries and social boundaries were exploded. And like we needed that, yeah. like in our late high school years. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't. This is before like Will and Grace. This is before yeah, any totally. type of positive. Um, gay role models Mm -hmm. at all you only ever heard about gay people in the news and it was either because of some politician getting into a scandal right or a suicide or or a tragedy like like carving milk yeah 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 Yeah. exactly so there's yeah so this was at least different yeah yeah what's interesting is the belmont theater which is a small town it's it kind of runs on the peninsula so it's Uh, in between st carlos and san mateo they had a one theater there which is now a planet granite um but they would do midnight Friday midnight showings of Rocky Horror. I just remember driving by and I was like, can we go to that mom? I was like, you probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> but I eventually saw it years later. It's, it's so much fun. But I've never actually been to the experience of seeing it in the theater and yeah, the whole fun I, part. But I don't even know if that's possible yeah. anymore. Not to the degree that it used to be. Right. It was just like huge line of people mm-hmm. down the block at the UC Theater in Berkeley. Yeah. And then you get in there and you've like smuggled in all sorts of like stuff to throw and you're like excited and exhilarated and like it's just caught up in a wave of emotion in the moment. And I don't know how you could do that when you're so used to like the video. That's true. You don't get the the audiences and the numbers that you did before. Right. I haven't seen it in the theater in a long time, so Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the community around it is like like anymore. Did you ever see the movie Fame? uh, So there's a scene in it where Fame came out in 1980. And I think Rocky Horror came out in 77. Oh, that's right. I did see it, but it's been so long. So they're actually at... Yeah, Yeah. so I think a lot of people who hadn't experienced... Rocky Horror saw the the 
the fame where they're actually you know doing the same thing yeah. and uh, that may have given a revival to it because they're you know the art theater and the, you know he had never been to something like that and it's in yeah. New York and it was cool to watch that and that, that was probably my first introduction to Rocky Horror seeing another movie right right, <laughs> and then right. experience it so what is the other one that is uh, that oh you have? the other one okay so now we're gonna flip over from attraction <laughs> which I, I'm not defining attraction specifically for that because I could say a lot more yeah but um, so repulsion mm-hmm. in college at UC Santa Cruz I made the mistake it's not at the time it was a mistake but now looking back maybe not so much because mm-hmm. I maybe it makes a good story I don't know um, but I went to this double feature that was being hosted by students mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I was going to see. I knew that I was going to see my first like non Hairspray John Waters film, right? <laughs> Pink Flamingos. Yeah. Which, and I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't frightened. I should have been, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'd known then yeah. what I know now, I should have been afraid. Yeah. I mean, I this is what, afraid. 1971 too, like early seventies yeah. when this came out. Yeah. Um, and I saw it, this would probably, that was in 99. Okay. I saw it, 98 yeah. or 99. Um. And by now, the, by that time, the hype had been probably built up. I mean, this is one of the. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I thought, you know, how hard, how bad could it be? Pink sure. Flam- you know, Pink Flamingos is yeah. just about like some clean cut yards and whatever. I knew nothing about <laughs> no. it. Um, but it was a double feature. Mm-hmm. And the film that came before, I don't <laughs> Uh, it was called Ten Little Maidens, uh-huh. and it's not exactly a mainstream. F- I don't know. It it, it it was an adult film. Okay, a totally adult film. Mm-hmm. And Ten Little Maidens was uh, based on Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. Right. Yeah. And so the it's a porn film mm-hmm. that starts off. Oh God, it was awful. It was so <laughs> awful, and it was so disgusting mm-hmm. uh, and traumatic for me. Um, I don't even remember why I stayed through it. (laughs) Or I think I might have left and come back. I don't know. It was horrible. But it starts out with this like really, I just remember it starts off with a horrible, uh, what do you call it? Not a love scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex scene? Sex scene. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know if that's (laughs) even the right terms for this. But a a sex scene between a couple. And then they get Uh this invitation to go to this island. And then they go to this island, or I think it was an island, or Mm -hmm. some party or whatever. And then... People are having sex, mm-hmm. and but they're also getting killed off one by one. Ah, okay. And I don't remember like how all these people were getting killed off. I mean, that looking back, that was probably a cool idea at the time. Right. But, oh my god, it was disgusting. There was this one scene where I I think like a guy basically fucks a turkey, and okay. then they <laughs> eat it at the dinner. Oh god. Oh, yeah. oh god. <laughs> so oh. oh kind of gagging even <laughs> thinking about it that's the thing <laughs> adult films back then I mean, i'm talking about like 70s so like deep throat and debbie does out debbie oh. does dallas there was some sort of plot like even though it's a loose plot there would be uh, a plot yeah. in, in between uh, all the sex going on but that that's yeah but pink flamingos I and mean, people don't know it's supposed to be who can be the who can be the filthiest yeah. basically person in the world mm-hmm. and uh divine is yeah. the main star in this in this movie? So. Yeah, absolutely. So my yeah. so my I guess my <laughs> the fluffer for Pink Flamingos <laughs> is this horrible porn film mm-hmm. where I think it ends with a guy fucking a turkey and then meeting <laughs> it at dinner. And I don't know how many of them die or if anybody lives. I was just totally grossed out and checked out. Right. And then Pink Flamingo starts, and there's so much about that film that's just so was so horrifying mm-hmm. to me. I. 
again, I came from this like background where I didn't even have <laughs> no. like, a gay positive role yeah. model, and this film certainly wasn't going to give me that. No. But oh my god, and I'm a germaphobe, and ah, <laughs> uh, and let's see. Uh, I remember thinking. Did you last the whole movie too? No. Really? No. So you didn't even see the very end. No. I mean, that's the kicker. No, and I didn't know. I didn't even, I hadn't even heard about the end. Oh, God. And yeah. I did not make it to the end. I yeah. made it until, I no, I was, I, <laughs> I was brought to the point where if I, I didn't leave, I probably would have vomited. <laughs> yeah. I was getting to the point where I was starting to, yeah, I was going to throw yeah. up. And it, uh, I made it to the, chicken rape scene yeah <laughs> chicken rape slash murder scene yeah. i walked out during that i yeah. was oh just even even now thinking about that and that what i was just describing yeah. the adult films so did you ever go very back? uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. right now did you, did you ever go back and actually watch Pink i have seen the, Pink the whole thing goes yeah. all the way through now yeah. i've now seen all of john waters mm -hmm. um films all the way through um but it's fearful. i don't know what yeah. it is but like i've I, I later developed uh, a harder shell for films, like yeah. even in terms of violence, in terms of gross-out aspects. Mm -hmm. um, I guess during like beginning in my adolescence and in, through college years, I could watch more extreme things. Yeah. Now I'm kind of going. F I think I'm coming full circle and veering away from the gross-out stuff. Like I don't. I don't get anything out of extreme gross-out comedy like Borat. It just, yeah. Well, I, I remember I, the thing we used to rent all the time was like Faces of Death. It was supposed to be like real um, yeah. uh, murders or executions and things like that. And yeah. a lot of it, I, I don't know how much of it was actually real, but uh, yeah. I think maybe teenage boys <laughs> especially go through this. Let's just find the most extreme thing we can we can watch. Yeah, I totally yeah. went yeah. through that phase with my sister, no less. As soon as yeah. we were old enough to start renting rated our films at the local video store. Yeah. We would go to the video store and we were like, let's find the grisliest or yeah. like what, what would our parents really not want us right, to see? Right. Right. Um, but you know, the thing for, I think us, that was uh, a little bit different was that we grew up with a father who was a fire chief. So mm. we grew up with a community of policemen and fire chiefs and EMTs mm -hmm. and doctors. And so we saw a lot of really horrifying grisly stuff um, because sometimes we would be at the fire station and mm. they'd be watching, um, like the surgery channel. Is there even a surgery? Oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think there used to be like a surgery channel where we just walk in and it's like open heart surgery. I don't know where they were seeing this. Wow. I thought it was cable. I thought <laughs> it was like a cable channel or something. They seemed to like yeah. always be watching something uh -huh. and we'd see that. So we were used to seeing like the, the surgical, surgical aspect yeah. of people insides. But then on the other hand, Sometimes they would want to like gross us out, and so they would show us like crime bad car accidents, photos yeah. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes my dad would have to report, you know, he'd be on call, he'd have to report to the scene of like an accident or a crime or whatever, and we'd see some pretty extreme yeah. stuff. So by the time we were adolescents, no, we hadn't been allowed to watch grisly things, but once we started to see them, I quickly got, I think, past the initial gross out aspects because it looked so fake to us. Right. Like, blood was... It's not brown in the films. No. We're used to seeing it dried brown. Sure. And in the films, it's this kind of really cartoon-looking... Yeah. Yeah, red. Um, so it was easy to get past that because it all looked so fake sure. and kind of comical. But, yeah, as a kid, I saw some really, like, gross stuff. Horrible like, I knew things. that brains don't look red. They look gray. Right. When they pop out someone's head. I know. <laughs> you know? It's like... 
Yeah. So there's yeah. that. But uh, so going back, <laughs> that might be TMI. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no. Yeah, but Pink Flamingos. I did yeah. eventually see it during kind of my more um, accepting phase, and then yeah, I think I revisited it when um, when John when I got more familiar with John Waters mm-hmm. because he was. I think I saw some interviews with him, and um, he became. It was when he was becoming more of a kind of a artistic and social presence in San Francisco yeah, and yeah. had these like weird run-ins with him at events, mm. not like run-ins, like no, no. me talking to him in yeah. depth about anything, but like overhearing him in conversations sure. or asking like a weird fanboy question. Well, I think a lot of people, well, he, he definitely became to more mainstream prominence with Hairspray. And so I think yeah, a lot absolutely. of people um, saw Hairspray and may have gone back yeah. <laughs> and then been horrified, you know, with, I, I never saw polyester, so I don't know. I think that was... It's the, still yeah. mainstream-ish. Yeah. But Pink for me, I mean, if it's you don't... It's like his last gasp of the extreme <laughs> right. stuff before he goes full full uh, tilt mainstream. Did he do Serial Mom? Yes, he did. Okay. Oh my yeah. God, Serial Mom is yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit... It's a, bit, a little bit hit and miss, but sure. oh, Kathleen Turner is I know. precious in that. But uh, to give it away, because I don't think anybody's going to go to see Pink Flamingos now, but basically Divine... They should. They should. They really <laughs> should. If, if, all, if the only thing you have ever seen of John Waters is Hairspray, Hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> you should see Pink Flamingos. <laughs> but if you don't want to, I, I'll give it away. But don't see it with the kids. No, do not see it with the kids. Divine, who is famous for being in a lot of John Waters movies, especially yeah. uh, back in the day. Um, basically at the end, the payoff scene is a dog takes a dump and she eats it straight from right the, off the street. Very fresh. Yes. Hot off the presses. Yeah. And so the bad thing that I've read, cause I, cause I was too fascinated. Yeah. I, was, I was too gross out to watch it, but so fascinating. I wanted to find out everything about it. Um, fans would send her dog crap in the yeah. mail thinking this was something she wanted to do all that, but it's not. Right. It, it's like, it was one scene of you know, yeah. probably five minutes of her life and, and forever be known for that on film. But yeah, yeah. you got to watch out as a celebrity, what you, what Put you on do film. Or, or what you, yeah, or what you <laughs> present is like your geek trick. That's right. You, you can get, you can get typecast. Yep. You can get, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Poop cast. Yeah, I do. You know, it's like, <laughs> whether you that, but, but yeah. Oh, or, uh, yeah, I know. I know. But forever that, that's the legend. Yeah. yeah. Those are excellent. Those are probably two of the most mainstream, not mainstream, but best known cult films, I think. Yeah, I could and name a whole bunch, but those, those have, yeah. Those deserve so. their own, their own place in cinema Maybe. history. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. Cool. For better for worse. <laughs> Thank you so much, Malin. All right. Brian P. is back. Welcome hey, back. how's it going? <laughs> Good. So we're going to do cult classics this week, and uh, this could be all over the map, because uh, Danielle, I interviewed earlier, and she was, uh, we were going back and forth about what, what's a cult classic, and yeah. I pretty much agree with all of her picks, so yeah. I'm curious to hear what, what you have. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the question is, I think some of the films that I like that are considered cult films, I mean, to me, they're not cult films, because it's just the kind of movie I like. Okay, I that's fair. I mean, I think stuff like... The uh, Pulp Fiction is considered cult, and mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of I don't know. It's mainstream because it's like a lot of what I like or my friends like, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So to me, I don't really know what 
cult is unless someone tells me, oh yeah, it's a cult film, like Donnie Darko. Yeah. And that's that probably is a cult because no one went to see that movie. But no. it had a lot of following and once it went on the video. And I really like that movie. Sure. I think the main, <laughs> like Rocky Horror Picture Show is the, is the ultimate cult film because it really didn't do well in the beginning, but then it became this yeah, whole midnight Yeah, I would probably movie. consider that's probably the ultimate cult film. Yeah. Even it's not like my favorite film. I, I've mm-hmm. seen it once and I haven't gone to a midnight show. Sure. should do that sometime in my life. Yeah. Just for the heck of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can see why that is, and um, to me, I, I don't know. I pick my my favorite one is mm-hmm. the Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got a was, rabid following. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it, to me, I honestly, I didn't really like it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the, the weird things about it. Is I I watched it. I think I was over at my parents' house, and they rented it, and we watched it together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this ever has happened to you, but you watch a movie with someone, with other people who really don't like it, and mm. then it kind of influences the way you view it. Oh, definitely. And I don't know if I liked it or not, but I think at the time, like just kind of the sense of my like, parents sighing at it, like not really getting <laughs> what was going on. And I, and honestly, yeah. I didn't really get it either the yeah. first time I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then like I don't know, someone probably mentioned that the movie was good, and I'm like I don't know, I may have to watch that Give again because I didn't really see that the first time around. Mm-hmm. And, and then I watched it again. I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. And yeah. then I like it kept like it kept being like where I'd watch it a, another time, and then I'd find more more about yeah. it, more that I would uncover. Um, so I kind of made a little list of uh, mm-hmm. of the things that I, I liked about it, and I kind of I don't I mean I, as far as it being a cult, like I don't really I don't like I said I don't really have much to say about like the cult aspects of mm-hmm. it. I'm not I haven't gone to any like the dude conventions. Sure. That they have. I think anything where you have. <laughs> Any sort of, like, there's tons of t-shirts, like, you just yeah. see people wearing Abide shirts. Right. I think that kind of leads things to, like, cult status. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can almost say Star Wars at this point. Star is, Wars yeah. is, and I'm wearing yeah. a Star Wars Yeah, shirt. there you go. <laughs> but I think mean, Manlin put it perfectly about certain movies. I think that sometimes the time and place where you first see something really matters. Like, yeah. if you're in a great mood, maybe yeah. a movie you're not really, you wouldn't normally like, you do like, and vice yeah. versa. You know? Yeah, and actually, yeah, it was when nice. Actually, I got to go see The Big Lebowski mm-hmm. on, on the big screen mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, so it was cool to see it that way because I had only seen it on, on DVD or right. something at first. Um, yeah, so um, so the things about Le- uh, Big Lebowski that I like is one, it's it it's a parody of film noir and especially of the movie The Big Sleep because yeah. it has this like this really big, complicated, almost nonsensical plot. I think right. Coen Brothers even have said that it's a nonsense plot. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So well, and, that, and going back to the big sweep, people yeah. that enjoy that still don't even know everything. Yeah, I've it's seen so that movie, and I I, don't, yeah. I confess to not being able to follow no. a lot of that. Movie, it's a fun, it's a good, it's likable. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, but it's yeah, and of course, Bacall and Bogart. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the other things. Um, Kind of the dynamic between Walter and the dude as they're kind of this old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. And Walter's just eternally stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hung up on his ex-wife. Yeah. Although it seems like he's in denial of it. He just he compensates by just saying, "Well, no, I'm very religious. I'm Shomer Shabbos." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh huh. Even all those other people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the the overall theme of just everything is kind of lazy in the movie. The dialogue itself is kind of lazy because you'll see lines sort of repeated throughout the film yeah. where like the dude will hear something on TV and then he'll reuse that and then something he says later like, yeah. this aggression will not stand, man. And yeah. it's something that George H.W. Bush had said on on, right. like, on a newsreel that <laughs> uh-huh. he was watching earlier. Um, yeah, it's very methodical. That and I, I did a little bit of reading and I found out that the Coen brothers actually referenced previous movies uh-huh. in it. Um, the guy who's tailing the dude the whole movie, uh-huh. he was in... 
Miller's Crossing, and he said he had like some of his lines from Miller's Crossing. He repeated in The Big Lebowski, so it was kind of like this. I don't know, intentionally lazy movie. Yeah. And the whole the dude is like the laziest person of all time. Oh, totally. it's, like, it's like he's introduced that That's way. That's his character, like, yeah. He's like the one of the laziest in, in, in Los Angeles County, which automatically makes him the laziest, one of the laziest in the whole mm-hmm. world. It's funny, Miller's Crossing, because that's actually, I think, almost a cult classic. Cause it's such yeah, a, good I mean, a lot of the Coen brothers really are. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I think if they didn't have like a lot of critical acclaim, or they like Fargo won Ars- totally. Oscars and that would be the old men. But those, <laughs> yeah. like, those are, I mean, they're almost like structured to be cult classics yeah. in a way. Absolutely. Yeah, they're not mainstream Very at all. Very character driven and yeah. not a lot of action in some cases. Barton Fink is another great one. Very odd, but yeah. it's, it's John Turturro. It's a watch more, yeah. That's a um, yeah, and I almost think you have like cult actors too, like John Turturro mm-hmm. yeah, and Steve Buscemi. And, yeah, um, it's kind of cool when basically the mainstream comes to them. They didn't go to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, and Steve Buscemi was great in, in Big Lebowski. Oh he's, yeah, he was just he's just kind of this sleepy idiot but yeah also very he's very like likable and sympathetic and you, you just kind of feel bad for his tragic fate sure <laughs> wait walter treats him and uh-huh. he's like you're out of your element donnie you're out of your element. <laughs> well Totoro's great yeah Totoro is yeah. awesome yeah. As, as jesus uh-huh. <laughs> don't f with the jesus right and that's another thing is that is all the f-bombs in the oh movie. So, yeah um I had once seen someone post on Facebook that the, someone did a super cut of all the all f-bombs <laughs> in the movie and it's like 200 and something oh yeah so it's one of the most like swear swear heavy movies, and, and that's another thing going back to like the laziness of it because it's just like, well, right, right, why write dialogue? Yeah, you could just like swear your your way through everything. I wonder if like the, did you find out there was like a lot of ad libbing in that or the the character? Like, I don't the, know. I'd have to go back and read about that. I'm not sure. I think the the dude himself was based on a guy that the Coen brothers know mm. whose name is Jeff something Jeff Dowd or something like that okay so he's like the real the real dude and he yeah. was a, like a social activist and then kind mm. of was like this dude in Hollywood that didn't really do a lot okay <laughs> interesting so he's kind of ba- he's loosely based on a guy that they know and Walter's based on I think John Milius he's a director right okay or a mm-hmm. screenwriter or something like or both mm-hmm. I don't know so I, I guess they they based those characters on people that they kind of knew and embellished of course I think Jeff Bridges is perfect because Jeff Bridges yeah. kind of out there you know yeah, yeah he is yeah. and yeah he's like perfect as this like kind of former activist hippie type exactly kind of basically he does nothing his his whole his wardrobe for the movie is just like it's a robe the robe, <laughs> yeah, the robe yeah. and the the beat up t-shirt yep. and the, and and the jelly sandals uh-huh. which, <laughs> just <laughs> it, it is very it's... very like very extremely californian southern mm-hmm. californian stereotype la guy and i think you know also in with cold movie, it's the movie that gets better as you watch it over and over, you find yeah. new things i think that also that's yeah i think that if that's one of the definitions of cold movie and i think that this is applies i mean it certainly did for me i yeah. the more i watched it the more i just more appreciate it. it yeah the more i try and evangelize like oh, you gotta see this movie it's so great absolutely but yeah i mean it's it's always i, mean, I think i could still see like people watching it and say what the, i don't get it what, yeah you know what's the point and i think that's part of the movie too is like it doesn't really have a point i think no. it's kind of i was thinking about it a little more carefully than i usually do because i know i was going to talk about it mm-hmm. and um i was thinking it's kind of about laziness versus like you have the dude and some of the people he's with are lazy and then you have uh the the actual big lebowski and mm-hmm. he's all about achievement and like right his little about lebowski urban achievers and all this yeah. so you have the dude pitted against like the achiever pitted against like there's a group of nihilists mm-hmm. so they have like these kind of different worldviews and then yeah the movie is kind of about nothing and it's kind of like how everyone reacts to like the the dumb 
or brutal things that happen. In right. Life. Did the Coen brothers do Raising Arizona? Yes. Because to me, there's a lot of similarities with when I first saw it, I was probably too young to get it. Yeah. It was just too weird and dark for me. But as it's I pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. But as I got older, I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I yeah. think maybe a lot of Coen brothers. I mean, I liked yeah, Fargo from the beginning. Is, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think their darker stuff tends to be the better. Yeah. Rather yeah. than their straight up comedy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah. So I think that's. That, that's a it, yeah, that's pretty, a great pick. So yeah. good job, Brian. Yeah, all right. You always deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be a service. Brian <laughs> abides. Yes. Yeah, Brian abides. <laughs> okay, so this week with Danielle. <laughs> Gee, yo, every time I hit record, you start laughing. I'm nervous. Oh, you get nervous. <laughs> so nervous. Okay, so this week we're gonna do cult classic films. And yeah. so we, we might have a difference of opinion what's a cult classic. Yes. But You've shared some of these with me, and I I give you the blessing. You you get the the Brian stamp of approval for these. So like I need it. Like yeah, I know you're gonna say whatever you want anyway. So like I need it. Okay, so let's hear your list. So it's a big list. I can't wait. How many minutes do I? Have? Well, if, if all of a sudden you get cut off like the, we we stop recording, on. you'll know. Just let me make sense of my sentence that you cut. Have at it. <laughs> so I like it. I don't. I don't know how to say most, but you're gonna have to figure out. Okay. You, not them. You, you the, and then I'll translate yeah, to the Brian, listening yes, audience. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So I like the blob. The original or the uh, remake? The one that I watched. So the remake. <laughs> Because the original Blob is kind of a cult classic. Like, it, it was kind of campy. I think it is the original, right? Did, did they... No, the one from 1958 with Steve McQueen is the original. They remade it in 19, I think, 88. Oh, so that's... So you've seen that's that one. One. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely a cult classic. Yeah, So right? what about that one did you really like? Terrible. Nothing. It's just, <laughs> it's, it was terrifying. Oh, and I remember I was a kid, yep. right? Because in Brazil we watch everything. Obviously. So, <laughs> I was a little kid. No, nine, ten, my daughter's age, maybe. Mm-hmm. I could not wash my hands. Why? Because the blob, they oh, suck you through the, the sink. <laughs> There's that scene that the woman, it's terrifying me. I would wash my hands like really quick, you know, everything. I so would is everyone pass. like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you washing your hands? Like, you're I not know, washing. but I would pass by the streets, you know, those little holes that they, the, pot, the, the, um, the, rain. the manhole cover. Yeah, yeah, the storm drains. I would just like. <laughs> It terrified me. Is Brazil really like that? I, don't, I like it. <laughs> I'm kind of odd. <laughs> okay, so are you still like that? You don't wash your hands? I, you? Oh, no. Okay. I wash my hands. That's good. I, I'm good. <laughs> I am glad. Good. The blob didn't get you. Yes. Okay, next. Uh, so next is Django. Django? Is D-J-A-M-G. Is it Django Unchained? No, it's just Django. It's called Django. It's from 66. Okay, I've never and seen And there's this guy that comes in a city and he's carrying a... Uh, I don't know what he's carrying. <laughs> is it an American movie or is it a Brazilian movie? No, it's American. Okay. And it's very like... Oh, how do you say? Like... Hmm. <laughs> okay, what's the They shoot everybody, you know, like West... It's a Western? Yeah, kind of. Okay. See, like Django, nineteen sixty-six. Okay. And it's super cool. And I watched that with a little girl as well. And he comes. I think he mm. carries a coffin. Is a coffin that he carries? So according to 
the description, mm. a stranger who is Django yes. rides into the middle of a border, a, mo- a border dispute between Mexican bandits and the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Interesting. It's very, I'm eating. It's very. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they call it, it's a spaghetti western. So this is like what the, what, and, and so um, they call it spaghetti western because all these westerns were directed by Italian directors. And so Quinn Eastwood kind of got his big oh, break. Oh, cool. Spaghetti. Now spa- I get it. Yes. <laughs> so like uh, Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Those are all spaghetti westerns. Oh, that at first Brazil western. would be what? Kind of a western or something. I guess. I don't know what they were calling. But yes, this, this is a good one. It is. I will have to say I read, this. I watch it about, because I watch it like I was having, I guess. Okay. Very violent movie, but it, yeah. you know. Um... But then I watch again, you mm-hmm. know, like after my 20s, and I still like the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Okay, yeah, and <laughs> classify as code. Uh, you, yes. So yes. far, you're doing great. <laughs> so my other movie is Vitages, Vitages, Vitages. Juice, yes. This is, I think this falls in, because we, we looked up the definition of a cult classic. Sometimes a cult classic is basically... Um, a movie that didn't do well in the box office, but then later gains some some popularity through either home video or, or whatever. Um, in this case, I think this is because people just have a rabid following for it. Like, it still stands the test of time. People still... It's amazing. Yeah. The movie, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I you were it. just at Disneyland, and, and uh, yes. the person He playing, proposed to me. He proposed to me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Beetle just would. Yeah, yeah. for him. The whole eternity. I don't know how yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that would go. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yes. That was a funny. <laughs> so Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yes, loved him. And I have Seven Faces of Doctor Law. Law. Okay. Is from '64. Mm. And is this uh, old man that come in with his I don't know horse? It's not a horse. It's the, little one okay and he's carrying just a few bags but actually he has this uh circus he put it together these huge tents and you go through and things in the small cities start happening Mm -hmm. but he has all these he has medusa he has pan he has all these mythological creatures Uh that interfere in people's life the movie is amazing i watched it uh, over town 15 times. Mm-hmm. So the main character in this is Tony Randall, who is best known for being... Uh, did you ever see The Odd Couple TV show? No. Um, he's best known as being Felix in The Odd Couple. Oh, okay. So uh, you would know him if you... This guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, famous actor. Yeah, the movie The movie is really good. Okay. So that's another good... That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. It's like fantasy stuff, but at the same time, a little scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like questioning it's amazing also you get to know a little bit of mythology you know pan you know the flute and mm-hmm. half man half did you ever watch uh, clash of the titans the original no. from 1981 that's a cult classic because it's it's not a great movie but it's it's got medusa in it and, oh yeah and I, I love mythology so anything yeah. uh so okay so i said big list so here yep. we go so i have of course monty Python, oh yeah, yes, say. Monty Python. Oh, we have a life of Brian. Yeah, there thank you go, you. Brian. I know. I tried to watch. The I host. I can't get into it. Why not? I just, I, it's amazing. I know. I know. You think you think poorly of me now. It but. goes parallel to Jesus' life. So mm-hmm. that is amazing. The first scene that he gets the 
all the gifts. Yeah. And then they see all the stars over there, so they take it up and go to the... Did you see it? You didn't I see it. I saw the beginning like, of it. Yeah. You know, Nadia yes. had, but you didn't see it. So it's super fun. It's, I love it, that movie. And the Holy Grail, Yeah, too. Money Python, like the Holy Grail. You know, me, me, the... Can you do that again? <laughs> no. And there's the bunny. The bunny is the best scene. Don't they always talk like this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the bunny is the best scene. Oh, it's just a little bunny. Oh, I'm not going. It's just a little bunny. And then it starts attacking. Kills everybody. (laughs) Isn't that the one where it's just a scratch? It's just a scratch, and then it's like he cut off his arm. Oh yeah, it it is amazing. I like them. I think it's more of a cult classic here in the U.S. because it is a British film. So yeah, it's super. So far, these are tremendous. Woohoo! And then we have the. Crow, crow, you know the, the crow, bird, the, the bird, the bird. <laughs> I I watched that movie. I was teen, a teenager. With Brandon Lee. Yes, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about he getting killed in the movie. Mm. When did you find out? Uh, later. Okay. You know, but uh, I watch it again and again because I like it. Yeah. I mean, all the dark thing in mm-hmm. the movie. You know, all the atmosphere like Batman is always dark. Is always like. You know, I love it. I think this is a good pick because, you know, I think a lot of the a lot of people went to go see it because of Brandon Lee dying because mm-hmm. everyone that they they were hyping it. Yes, but, you know, it's his last film. He was killed, uh, which kind of takes away from how good the movie actually is. Yes. It is a very good film. It is. It yeah. is a very good. I like it. Mm-hmm. He coming back, you know, from the death. I'm it's surprised it. you didn't pick Edward Scissorhands. Of course, I love it. That's I, kind of a well, you kidding me? Like. Uh, Johnny Dappy. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a sad I movie, though. I follow him yeah. wherever he goes. <laughs> I love him. But the Wynonna, right? Yep. It was in this movie that they start dating. And I think so. it was, yes. Mm-hmm. So I know. It's, oh, he, well. it's his life. I know. <laughs> you and my mom. So I didn't know it was a cult movie. It is? It's kind of a cult classic. Uh, it's not, it, it, um, it's yeah. sweet. It's cute. And, you know. But the ending's sad. I mean, it's. I mean, no, it's not sad. This. Well, he doesn't end up with it. Spoiler alert, he doesn't end up with it. Anymore. Well, it doesn't have to be always Shakespeare style. You know, I didn't you, say you it had to be have, that way. He was, he was alone. He had the memories. It was cool. I love it. I like the movie. <laughs> okay, what else is on your list? <laughs> uh, so, I have my list, Carrie. Carrie? Carrie? Oh, with the, uh, the, the Stephen King? Star- yeah. yeah, that's... Oh, Actually, you could probably use this for your favorite book to movie adaptation because oh, maybe. it's a Stephen King book. Well, I'll look. Okay, <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that is a creepy. Movie. That is amazing. Yeah, that movie. That's a scary movie. It's not as scary. I don't know why people say it's scary. I think if you saw it at a young age, it is because the pig's blood. I know. saw that at a young age. <laughs> Well, you've seen a lot of things that you have. <laughs> okay, yeah. so That's to a whole other episode. me yeah. is just like wash my hands in the sink. The rest I'm <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm fine. And then we have, I have, not you. He's the best, number one, the perfect, love it, mm-hmm. the gods must be crazy. That is a great one. I haven't seen that in years. I think I saw it when it first came out on video. And I just remember the Coke bottle falling from the sky amazing they all you know they are together and you see how they live and everything and the beliefs and how can something affect you know a group Mm -hmm. 
you know, the life of that sure. group because they start fighting after the coke. Right. So everything changes. So it's not only about the coke and the fun, it's about like, you know, it affects them. Yeah. It's just a bottle of coke. And this one came out of nowhere. Like, I, I don't know who directed it. I don't really know much about the film, but it, it basically was like a surprise hit. Um, it was. Yeah. And it was like the budget was super yeah. small. Mm -hmm. And he died, the main actor died right after. I saw the sequels, mm. but it's not as good. Sure. So like the, the crow. First one. Yeah, yeah, in general, sequels are not as good. But yeah. this one was like the first one. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, these are, you did a good job researching. Yeah. These are all called classics. See? And uh, <laughs> I, had, I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> Danielle, good job. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're back with Samantha, and we're going to do cult classics this week. And so this one was a little bit of a struggle, but I think she's got a good list now. I think so. I don't know why this is so hard Well, it's, it's Maybe it's a definition. You know, like, it's tough yeah. to think of what what's truly a cult classic, but I'm curious to hear what you, what you yeah, have. Yeah, because I think I tend to watch movies that I missed when they originally came out right. and, like, older stuff, so I don't really know, like... <laughs> it was like the time and that's okay no judgments here yeah, we'll, we'll go with whatever you think like what do people talk about on the internet yeah. <laughs> so. that's always dangerous <laughs> so, so i went with a trio of kind of teen movies okay there's an 80s one a 90s one and a 2000s one all right that's um, good so i think the first one that came to mind when i was working on this list with was heathers definitely um I think that's just so quotable mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember, like, people saying those quotes and not knowing where they came from. Yeah. And then finally I watched the movie and I was like, oh, that's what okay. It's, it's the epitome of a dark comedy. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I watched it a couple times recently again. I think it was on Netflix for a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I'm, like, always been a huge Winona Ryder sure. fan. So, um, yeah, I really, I, I liked her character in that movie, but I always hated kind of, I never liked Christian Slater's character. Uh, I thought he was just like, you know, gross and annoying, but. The, um, and but that's actually who he's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, so yeah. And it's just so, it, it, I, I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, I didn't think it would actually go this far. Yeah. Um, don't want to spoil anything. No, no. But, but um, yeah, just the whole like, girls crew is mm -hmm. so funny and um and pre-90210 for shannon doherty yeah yeah, yeah she was i really liked her in this movie yeah and it's so funny because when i was in high school or whatever it was when mean girls came yeah. out and you can definitely see the parallels there but i don't think mean girls is a, it's not a cult class no like, in no, any way it's no. just it was way too popular yeah um but yeah loved heather's great pick um good good dark 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 humor <laughs> yes, definitely if you if you don't want really want to pick me up movie but still want to laugh no. heathers is your yeah. is a good choice don't mind people just dying that's right here and there most of them deserved it so it's not that bad <laughs> um, and then another one uh -huh. that i thought of kind of because i was thinking about heathers and then i thought about um the craft oh yeah yep so um about well they weren't really witches but um yeah almost I, a precursor to charmed yeah kind of yeah. i think well because the one girl she is kind of like has powers yeah the girl who you know she comes into town befriends these three kind of outsiders who like to pretend they're witches right and 
all of that. And then that's another one movie where it went way farther than I expected yeah. it to. The, um, at the end, they all just went crazy. So Robin, Robin Tunney, or Tooney, mm-hmm. Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Farzia Balk? Is she the rich? Or is it Rachel? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to butcher her name, okay. but she's the one with the dark hair, the yes. really goth one. Yeah, she always kind of looks goes goth. nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was also in The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's yeah, a true That's a classic. true cult classic. <laughs> oh, not even cult. That's just a <laughs> Bobby Boucher. <laughs> that should have been your sports movie. That would have oh. been good. But no, I was glad we, glad we did uh, Bend It Like Beckham. Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, oh my sorry. God, how can we forget about that? <laughs> um, yeah, Kraft is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love their clothes and that if you know me mm-hmm. so <laughs> um, yeah and that, so that's a great one and mm-hmm. then another one I thought of when I was thinking of like kind of girls and like outsiders uh-huh. um, oh, no. and I also rewatched this recently it was Ghost World oh yeah yeah so from 2001 mm-hmm. early Scarlett Johansson yep. um, and what was the other girl's name? Uh, Thora. Yeah, Thora, Thora Birch. Birch. Yeah, yes. Thora, Thora, yeah. What was she, what was the other stuff she's in? Because you, you know her, but it's mm-hmm. like. You... She was in, um, da, 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 yeah, American Beauty. That's right. She is the daughter. Yeah. And so she did this a couple years later. There's another kind of cult um, classic. She was in. <laughs> Uh, American Hocus Beauty. Oh, 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 yeah, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> when she was little. <laughs> but Ghost World's great. It's, yeah, a, it's Ghost another dark World, comedy. Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they're just like, I think like Thora Birch, her characters are just really irritating. Yeah. And, um, but you kind of feel sympathetic. It's always and, funny watching movies like this because it's pre, as you said, Scarlett Johansson before she became mm-hmm. like a megastar. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat to watch her. Yeah, it's, uh, like it's cool to watch her in kind of an indie movie. Yeah. A little quirky. Um, yeah, and there's like not much of a plot. They're just kind yeah. of annoying people around them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, think, I, don't really, I don't remember how it ends. It's bugging me. But they just like, oh, they're trying to figure out like where do they go to college and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, totally. Okay, so what are your other uh, picks? All right, so I went through my quick little teen, um, teen girl uh-huh. situation. Um, and then so I had to try and come up with my obscure foreign movies. Of course. But I'm a, like, if yeah. they're obscure foreign movies, they're probably not cult classics. Uh-huh. But the one movie I have mentioned on here in the past, mm-hmm. Breathless. Yeah. Um, the Godard movie that is a pretty, it is very popular still among a certain circle of people. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just really lasted, I think, in terms of influencing mm-hmm. directors, and it's just a great, weird movie about a guy who's running from the police mm-hmm. and the girl he's in love with, and there's just lots of nothing happening. Yeah. There's like a 20 minute scene of them just talking. Oh my God. Sitting on a bed. Yeah. Um, with no, like, I don't think it was ever, it was just a long shot with like some jump cuts mm. in there, but yeah, great movie. Yeah. Um, and then a, um, new, uh, something I haven't mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, so how new is this? Oh, this isn't a new movie. Oh, okay. This is an older one. New and to this, mid- is, this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so this is from uh, the director Wong Kar-wai. Oh, no. He's no. Taiwanese, okay. I believe. Um, 
but he kind of made this like trio of really kind of art house movies and um the one that it is pretty critically acclaimed mm-hmm. um but it's called In the Mood for Love. Okay. And I always see it like referenced online and stuff. Maybe I'm just like on Tumblr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a huge fan base okay. still. Um, it might be one of the saddest romantic movies I've ever seen. Really? Just because nothing happens. Mm. So it's like you have um, like the English patient, which is like, you know, that's dramatic, yeah. sad. But this is just... A movie about these two married people who live in the same building. Okay. And they their spouses are always gone. Mm. Um, so they just kind of talk and they meet up at nighttime just mm-hmm. to walk around and like go get dinner okay. and things together. Um and but they never really um they never like start a relationship or anything. They don't cheat on their spouses. Right. It's just this sense of Nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. They need, yeah. They're so lonely. Yeah. And it's just, um, I think it's based in the 50s or 60s. Okay. Um, or is it based in Hong Kong? I don't know. I could be. Yeah, it's in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, I think. So how so, did you discover this movie? Well, internet. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped um, up one day. And the director, I had seen one of his other movies before. Okay. Um, oh, God. I should have looked this up ahead of time. Um, but, yeah, this movie, it, yeah, In the Mood for Love, I, it's just really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think it was at some festivals when it came out, um, yeah, in, two, in 2000. Okay. So it's not too old, but, yeah, phenomenal, really sad. And then there is kind of like a misunderstanding at the end, mm-hmm. and you're kind of just like, why? <laughs> so <laughs> is it so sad that you will never watch it again, or is it one that you could actually watch over and over? I might probably watch it again because stylistically it's really pretty right um and the acting is it's really 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 subtle Mm -hmm. so there's not much dialogue just kind of it's it's emotional yes Uh, (laughs) and so yeah i think i'm gonna call it a cult classic okay because i don't think a lot of there is a bunch of a bunch of people who kind of like this style of movie or where like he himself has a huge following of fans okay but i don't think it's um known a lot that's oh, okay the other movie i've seen from him it's called fallen angels okay and it's more of like a um, an action mm. an action film he also um, made chunking express oh yeah yeah i have heard of that yes um more famous one but mm-hmm. yeah those are I good think, picks I think that's all. all right we'll <laughs> run off to your netflix and add these films if you haven't the teen ones you've probably seen but yeah check out the foreign ones too yeah all right, we can't wait till we do foreign films. It's oh, going to no. be all an episode of you and Josephine. Oh, no. but <laughs> thanks, Samantha. Okay, we're back with Josephine at her favorite place that I can't pronounce. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm scared of them, but yeah. I'm sorry for anyone who speaks French. I think it's Voyager du Temps. Sounds Too perfect care. to me. Yeah, who, who That's, knows? It works knows? for me. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at our favorite cult hangout. So we're going to do our favorite cult classic movies. Um, so what is your list this week? Okay, so my list, I don't know a lot of the cult classics. Mm-hmm. I just know some of these, these are movies where when I ask people, have you seen this? They're mm-hmm. like, never heard of it, don't know it. You're weird. But they're, <laughs> so, <laughs> but they're popular to you. Yes. Okay. 
So the top, the first one that I thought of is part of my top three, which is defending your life. Yeah, that's yes. a great one. Yeah, so I feel like it's one of those movies where people have heard of it or they've heard Adam, Adam Carolla like rave about it, yeah. and they are like, "Well, yeah, I'm gonna see that," and they never do. Mm -hmm. But everyone go see it. It's it's like a, it's very dated. It is very dated, yeah. but it just seems like kind of like another romantic comedy. But it's I not. Think it's yeah. I think it's quite like touching and deep. Mm -hmm. and I think it's a really good one. Actually, I would have picked something like that. That is uh, one of my favorite romance movies too. Mm -hmm. because, oh really? Um, yeah, because it's not traditional, and obviously the premise is really unique. Mm -hmm. uh, that you have to go and defend your life. And, yeah. And Albert Brooks is super funny and underrated. I really, I think, yeah, I think he's one of the most underrated filmmakers. Well, yeah. yeah. And you're with one of the greatest actresses in Meryl yeah. Streep, so yes. that always is good. Yeah. And Rick Torn is really funny, too. Yeah, everyone is really great. Oh, yeah. Oh. Thank you. Can you one thing off? That's it. Yeah, sorry. We're getting food right now, yeah. folks, so this is great. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Okay, the other one that I had is... No, I'm not editing any of this. This is all... This is how we do it. So my other one is coherence. I've never heard of that. Okay, see, that's why it's the call. Okay. Okay, so I just told someone else about this. So it's... It seems like it's a, um, a sci-fi thriller, but it's a sci-fi movie, but it's really more of a psychological okay. thriller. So it's about kind of like relationships and the whole like what a question, like what if I made a different decision? Um, but the premise starts with a sci-fi, sci-fi start. So, okay. Yeah. So that one's great. Everyone from Idiocracy. Uh, Idiocracy. Really, and there's one that they didn't promote at all. Like it basically became word of mouth. And like, right. have you seen this? And right. kind of how things have turned out. Yeah, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> it is really depressing and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really well done Mike Judge film. Yeah. Actually, exactly. almost all of Mike Judge's films are almost like cult classics. Yeah, Office Space. I feel like everyone references that. But it wasn't a success when it first happened. So that's definitely one of my Yeah, and I think Jennifer Anderson was like just starting to get really popular and branch out from friends. But yeah, just it just didn't make that a huge splash, but everyone loves it. Yeah. People recording it like crazy. Yeah. so big up to attack the block. No. I don't know how cult this is because John Boyega, who's in the Star Wars movies. I think he started on Attack the Block, and when you watch it, you're like, okay, that's why he's in the Star Wars movies, sure. because he has so much charisma. Mm -hmm. um, but it's basically these uh, these kids who are in this kind of projecty part of, of London. Okay. They um, like get attacked by aliens, okay. and so they have to, so yeah, so during the course of this evening, they're chased by the police, they're chased by this homicidal drug dealer, oh, and wow. they're chased by aliens, so they're, and then all while defending their, yeah. their project. So it's a really cool, really fun movie. Mm -hmm. um, Cop Car. No, never heard of it. You, you like Kevin Bacon, right? I do. Watch this movie. Oh, there you go. It's, it's one of those really what, small What year movies. was it? Did this come out? Uh, maybe 2015, 2014. Okay. Yeah, it's fairly recent, but yeah, it didn't make a big splash. I never heard of it until someone else told me about it. But it's Kevin Bacon and his doing that kind of sinister. He seems kind of sinister, uh -huh. slippery guy, and yeah, it's one of those really small movies where it just takes place in like an afternoon. Oh. With two precocious kids getting in trouble. So is he a cop or what is it? Yeah, okay. he's a cop and he's got a car. And he's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the 1986 movie Quicksilver? No. So he plays a bike messenger. Bike messenger. He it actually takes place in San Francisco, and uh, he originally was this Wall Street bigwig, lost all of his money, 
and then yeah. basically decided to become a bike messenger and gets involved with all these uh, shady people. And yeah, it's, it's really not a good movie, but it, it's kind of a cult classic on its own. Okay. It was right after Footloose, so. Yeah, I gotta watch this. Then. You gotta yeah. see that yeah. stuff. I, I really like Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Okay. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. I, like them. I think they're they're two they're two people that they can, and they're married. So yeah. And they're married. Yeah. And they're they're both like they can be leading actors. Or supporting. And, yeah, yeah. Or supporting. They can do both. And I like how they can do comedy, drama, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. that was top part. Then Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You've told me that. Yeah. 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 Love this movie. Really? I love the comedy. I like Alan Tudyk a lot. Yeah. 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 Although, um, I, I recommend to my okay. girlfriend, she was saying she hated those college kids so much she couldn't wait for them to die. <laughs> so she was like rooting for them. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's hilarious. Um, the other one is Cube, and Cube also ties in, this is the same movie that like it scared me like the most ever. Okay. And I think it's a whole classic because only a few people have heard of it. Yeah, I think so you've mentioned it before. Yeah. yeah, it's basically, I think like... Five or six people get stuck in this room that's just a cube, mm -hmm. and all they know is that it's a cube within a larger cube, and then oh. they have to get out of it. But like the other rooms are booby trapped, oh. and they don't really know why they're there. Yeah. And why they're it's horrible, but horrible movie. Don't watch. C U B E, check it out. Yeah. C U B E, yes. And then the other one is I don't know is Bottle Rocket. That's a good the, one. Yeah. yeah, the pre Rushmore yeah. Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Or Wes Anderson's yeah. movies are cult classics. Yeah, like Royal Tannenbaum's and. Yeah, Rushmore, definitely. Rushmore. Yeah. See, I think Rushmore's my favorite. Rushmore and Bottle Rock are not my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then, honestly, Royal Tenenbaums, after I saw that, I was like, I wanted to like it because everyone that I know likes it. I feel like my demographic likes it, but it felt kind of contrived quirky rather yeah. than like organic quirky. That's just me. Did he do uh, the Steve Azuzu movie, The Life Aquatic? Yes. Is that him too? Yeah, because yes. it's all got that same kind of... That same kind of I deal, saw yeah. that in Seattle, no, in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, at a place where they serve alcohol while you watch movies, <laughs> and I just, it was kind of a mess, because we were ripping drunk, and oh, I had a buddy so that just kept going, whoop, the whole movie, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I, um, so I got invited actually to see Colossal. Oh, yeah. Um, at the Allenwood Draft House, and also served alcohol. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I was thinking about that, I was like, mm, maybe not, but no. David Gilbert goes there every week. Or at least they do Horror Tuesdays or oh, Terror really? Tuesdays. Terror oh, Tuesdays. Really? Yeah. yeah. So you, I, I do want out. to see Colossal. That's yeah. really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Those are great. That's films. my list. Great yeah. job as always. I'm going to let you eat now. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Josephine. All right. Thanks to everyone who was on the podcast this week giving us their cult classics. Now, I have a few more that didn't make my top 10, but I thought they were worth mentioning. One is Best in Show, which is a great uh, Christopher Guest movie about, uh, it's kind of a mockumentary about. Um, those dog shows that everyone watches and it kind of makes fun of everything. Of course, there's all the Cheech and Chong movies, uh, but I think Up in Smoke is probably the best of the cult classics. Break In and Break Into Electric Boogaloo. That is now the punchline for every bad sequel, but they're basically cult classics. If you want to see campy 80s fun, um, basically capitalizing on the breakdancing craze, check these out. Howard the Duck, there's the so bad it's it's good type of movie. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Well, this is one where now thanks to the miniseries on FX um, called Feud with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, it's given some more awareness to this camp classic. Legend of Billie Jean, I've talked about it before. It's a great 80s movie. Didn't do well in the box office, but was on HBO pretty much every week and I think kind of had a cult following because of it. And lastly, Valley Girl, you know, cluest 
kind of lives on as the quintessential 90s movie, but Valley Girl really is the quintessential 80s movie that just kind of gets forgotten. All right, until next week, this is Brian signing off. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 